I'm Leona Kuhar, your host for this episode of Bridging Chicago. You can follow us on social media where our handle is at Bridging Chicago and listen to this and all our episodes at www.bridgingchicago.com. Our guest is Jessica Lenaric. Jessica is a Chicago-based writer and photographer. Jessica's work has appeared in various publications, including Condonas Traveler, GQ, Cranes, and Chicago Magazine, to name a few. She is also the author of two books, Secret Chicago, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure, which highlights 90 places located in Chicago and the surrounding area, and oddly interesting things about those places that probably most native Chicagoans are not aware of. Jessica's second book, Chicago Scavenger, is due to be published this spring and is now available for pre-order. Jessica, welcome to Bridging Chicago. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very pleased to have you. And I'd like to start out with you just telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I, uh, as a Chicago author, I'm not a Chicago native, interestingly enough. Uh, I, I grew up in Cleveland, but I've lived in Chicago for 12 years. And soon after I arrived here, I was just very excited by being in a new place and just what a dynamic city Chicago is. I started looking around and asking myself questions and researching answers and blogging them, uh, writing for other websites around town and digging into the city's uh, history and arts and cultural events as much as I could. So that's really how I got my start writing in Chicago and about Chicago. So you really embraced the city. Oh, yeah. I was just so excited to be here. Uh, and I'm still excited to be here after all these years, which is why I, I love to write about it and share that with others. What originally brought you to Chicago? Originally, well, I uh, it was the recession. <laughs> and I was working in Ohio and I got laid off and I had a lot of friends here. I always loved coming to visit. And I just thought, hey, I didn't have a job. I'm just going to move here and see how it goes. And I'd say it worked out pretty well. It sounds like it did. So let's start talking about um, your book, Secret Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. I, did, I didn't read the whole thing because there's 90 places highlighted. But I have to say, as a native Chicagoan, born, raised, and still live here, um, there were very few things that I actually knew about. So it was a, very enlightening to me. Well, that's the biggest honor I get is when native Chicagoans tell me that they learned something from my book. So thank you. That's that's really great to hear. Well, I also like the way you set the book up. I mean, it's very easy to follow. Uh, you have it organized, in, you know, your appendix, all your references. You also have a list of north, south, west, surrounding areas. So it's very easy to look up different places. But tell us how you started that adventure. Sure. Well, uh, there are 90 places, as you said, and most of them, the majority are within the city of Chicago limits. There are a few uh, outlying in the suburbs and it is set up so that uh, each place is about a two page uh, story about it and some photos. And I took all the photos in the book as well. And it's intentionally random in order. So there are the appendices that you mentioned so that you can kind of see geographically if you want to group things together and right. visit a few. But I, it is intentionally random, so you could just you're, it's meant to be picked up and flipped through and looked at in any order, really, to so just try to you know catch the reader's attention, whatever, while they're flipping through it. Um, but I got started writing by just you know some of those early 
blogs that I was writing and articles I was writing for other publications around town. I wrote for a Chicagoist for many years. And, uh, you know, eventually I had enough stories to fill a book. So I, another writer in Chicago, another author connected me with this publisher. And I started when I was beginning to work on the book by looking at the places I knew about, the really interesting and weird and unusual stories that I was familiar with. And I put them all on a map. Now, it was important for me to feature stories from all across the city. So mm -hmm. I looked for the holes in the map. I looked for the places that I was less familiar with, and I reached out to those communities. So okay. I talked to historical societies, bloggers, community leaders. And when I was really at a loss, I even went and sat down at the bar and talked to the bartenders because they are, you know, the true secret keepers of any neighborhood. Yeah. And I, I got so many have stories. More bars just, than others. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bars in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> but uh, I got so many ideas just by talking to strangers, too. I would be at an art exhibit or um, taking photos at a music festival, and I would just turn to the person next to me. And uh, so many people have their fun, quirky, interesting, favorite places in Chicago, and I got a lot of ideas that way, too. Do you find that when you asked people you just came upon uh, randomly, asked them questions, were most people, um, did, did they embrace that? Were they willing to talk to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say the majority of people for sure um, have, you know, their favorite nooks and crannies of the city and they wanted to share them. And I did find, though, I was surprised sometimes when people would say, that they just stayed in their neighborhood bubble and they never left. And this was before the pandemic. <laughs> I know we've all been in our neighborhood bubbles for the last few years. Uh, but I think that that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the writing that I do is Chicago is such a big city. It can be intimidating, even if you yes. want to go to a new neighborhood or, or seek something out that's different. It can be intimidating to know where to start. So I did find that uh, many Chicagoans or visitors to Chicago feel that way. So I, my hope is that in my writing, I can uh, inspire people to go see something that's new to them. So when you say uh, where to start, what area did you start with? What area what of Chicago area did you start did with? did I start with? Well, there is, uh, there is one place in the book that is down the street from me. So I guess... <laughs> Okay. The easiest place. I went to do, <laughs> I went to do some fact checking. Uh, I live in Wicker Park and there is a cannon in someone's front yard on the street. And it's just the kind of neighborhood thing that you walk by and you always notice and wonder what that's like, all about. They have a little plaque there? there. Yeah. Okay. So when I was fact checking that one, you know, I just had to walk down a, a few blocks and uh, around the neighborhood and, and check that out. So yeah, even, even in my own neighborhood, uh, right down the street from me, there's a secret spot. And that's what I love. Like maybe you're, you go across town and you find something new and maybe you find something new that you've walked by and you've just never noticed before. And that you didn't notice. Right. Exactly. Well, speaking of that, so I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, um, spent my whole life in different areas of the South side. And one of the interesting, well, I found many interesting things in your book, but one thing um, in the Beverly neighborhood of Chicago, the South side, um, there's a priceless art collection located for everyone to go and enjoy in a Chicago Park District field house. Now, that's something I've been to that neighborhood numerous times, a lot actually driven through it, never knew that. And it also has the, um, it's a very hilly area. I always knew that, but it has the highest point of Chicago. 
It's true. That's why they call it Beverly Hills. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, those were, that was something that I didn't know. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And that art gallery is definitely one of my favorite finds. Um, It's called the Vanderpool Art Collection and it's in the Ridge Park Field House. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to be confused with Park Ridge. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's just, you know, you go there on on a summer day and there's kids having summer camp and playing basketball in the gym and all the regular stuff that you see at a Park District Field House. And you go up a flight of stairs and there's just a quiet gallery. It's just a, you know, room filled with art, brimming with Mm -hmm. art. I think they've got 200 works of art on view in there. And it's there because an artist named John Vanderpool, who lived in Beverly, uh, he passed away in, I think, 1911. And he was also an art educator. So he taught at the School of the Art Institute. He taught Georgia O'Keeffe. And he was a judge at the 1893 World's Fair in the art category. So he had a lot of friends and admirers. And when he passed away, they began donating works of art in his name. So the entire collection is donated, which is incredible. So there are about 100 Chicago area artists, but uh, there's a Mary Cassatt, Maxfield Parish, some really well-known pieces in there, as well as the painting that won the fine arts category at the World's Fair in 1893. And you go in and it's just a very quiet and unexpected room filled with beautiful yeah. art, free to look at. You know, our, some of our big art museums downtown are not free to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they've had limited uh, hours during the pandemic. So right. you know, check out their website before you visit, but it's a beautiful collection. And I love that it's free and just kind of hidden away in the park building. Right. And like I said, I, and I've actually been to that park numerous times during my life and I never knew it was there. So I will definitely be checking that out. And I also remember looking through your book, there was another, um, basically at the time, unknown artists. I believe he had an apartment in Lincoln Park. And when he passed away, there were numerous art, uh, art pieces. Yes, uh, Henry Darger, Darger, Darger. I'm not yes. quite clear on the pronunciation. Uh, and actually his, I found that my very first Chicago apartment in Lincoln Park was just a block away from where he, li- I mean, he lived there many years before I did, but right. I was uh, tickled to learn that in my research. And um, yeah, so he was he was an unknown artist. He worked, I believe, as a janitor and he mm-hmm. created art. He uh, wrote a novel and did a lot of artwork in his spare time. And it was found in his apartment. And uh, much of it is housed at the Intuit Outsider Art Center mm-hmm. on Milwaukee Avenue. And outsider art basically means artists who are not formally trained or recognized by the major art canon. They're, they're self-taught right. artists who are you know, maybe not working as professional artists full time. And so his work is there as well as they have his bedroom recreated, which is what I feature in the book. It's very cool. They yeah. have you know, the items from his room um, in there to kind of recreate what it was like in the space that he was creating in. So they've got, you know, his, his comic books and his paint and um, some you know, religious items and his furniture. So that's a very powerful to get to see that slice of life. Another um, highlight that um, I wanted to mention was, uh, so there is a pyramid in Wadsworth, Illinois, which is northwest of Chicago, where it's actually a family home. And from what I read in your book, there's actually a moat around it and also a 
huge statue of uh, Ramses II, I believe. <laughs> this is true. And, um, you know, this one is not in the city limits, of course. Right. But it was just so unique that I had to I had to mention it and go out and visit. Uh, yeah. So this is the Gold Pyramid House. And the family created the, the Gold Pyramid. They said in an interview that it was just the 70s and pyramids were very hip and they were thought to have spiritual qualities at the time. So that's what inspired them. They not only have a pyramid shaped house, they have a three pyramid garage instead of a three car garage, which is pretty fun. Um, now they were hosting tours of the home. However, there was unfortunately a fire in the home a few years ago. So they are in the process of renovating things there, but they still have a, a very big property and they do host events there. And sometimes they have live music um, that you can go and attend. And they have, as well as their home, they have an, another uh, building on the site that has a replica of King Tut's tomb. Okay. So, and a gift shop, the big Ramsey statue. So you should check out their website to see if they're having any events coming up this summer. I believe, you know, they're usually doing outdoor events there, but a very unique living situation. I, yeah, <laughs> and I would say so. The thing about it when I did get to tour the home was that you go through and there's artifacts and then there's just the grandmother cooking in the kitchen. So um, normal life. You know, a little <laughs> normal life within the pyramid. Yeah. So. Um, I, I'm sure it's hard for you to pick out what your favorite um, out of the 90, but maybe try to give us maybe one of your, your top 10 picks. Okay. Um, well, let's see. One of my favorites is that the world's first nuclear reaction took place in the 1940s during World yeah. War II at the University of Chicago. A lot of people know that fact. Yes. Um, but a lot of people don't know that the nuclear reactor is still in Chicagoland. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Very close and you can to hope to it. Very close to where you live? Yeah, I read that part of the book. <laughs> So uh, during the war, after they did the experiments at the University of Chicago, they moved the experiments, thankfully, out of the city over to the, the Palos uh, Preserve in the Cook County Forest Preserves. And they had a top secret nuclear research facility there. It was decommissioned after the war was over. And when they moved, so it was Argonne, they moved Argonne to where it is located now. Mm -hmm. They took the reactors out in the woods and just buried them. <laughs> and so there are two burials, there, right? Yes, there's one burial site of the world's first nuclear reactor, and there's another burial site of uh, other contaminated lab equipment and things that were radioactive that they had to dispose of. So they're on two different paths in the woods. It's the Red Gate Woods picnic area. And so you can just be on a hike out in the woods, you know, social distancing, mm -hmm. and come across this piece of not just Chicago history, but world history. Right. Uh, just buried in the forest preserve. So I think yeah, that's I one know. of my favorites because it's something that you can go and see. It's accessible. It's outdoors. Right. And it's just wild that it's there. Yeah, I think I'm going to be visiting that very soon because <laughs> now I'm very curious after seeing it in the book. Yeah, it's a beautiful preserve as well. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about your website, Urban Explorer. It's U-R-B-N explorer.com correct correct urbn explorer right okay tell us a little bit about that well that was a blog that i started when i moved to the city and i you know i started to do research 
And I just wanted a place to share some of the stories about Chicago, the things I was learning. Um, so I, I started that blog in, oh gosh, 2010. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, have kept up with it to varying degrees over the years. But since I've been doing these books, I've been sharing some places from the books, but also just other things that didn't make the books on there. And I like to share secret spots, not only from Chicago, but, you know, anywhere else that I travel to, because now anywhere I go, I'm always trying to dig up some kind of secret or unusual, unique places to to share those stories as well. Something's from Italy on the website? Yes, it's been a few years since I got to, to go to Europe, unfortunately. But yeah, I, um, the, the one that you're uh, thinking of, I think, is um, in Italy. I was in the Piedmont region, kind of near Genoa, and a friend of mine was living there at the time, and he was taking my husband and I to some wineries. It was lovely, perfect day, and then he pulls over on the side of the road in the middle of these vineyards, and there's this chapel that's painted technicolor in the middle of the countryside. And uh, I found out that it was by you know very famous artist, Saul Lewitt, who uh, art fans will be familiar with. Um, but yeah, it's just an unusual thing in the middle of the countryside there. So I took a bunch of photos and then uh, came back and researched it and just little things like that, that I come across because I love traveling and learning what makes different places unique and trying to share those stories. So as you're out and about or traveling, um, so you take pictures, which helps you to remember, and I'm sure you take notes as well, correct? So that you remember. So it's like, you're constantly working basically, but enjoying it. <laughs> it's true. My husband has to remind me that when we're, when we're traveling and I have to remind him that I'm, I'm having fun. It's part of the fun for me is doing research and, <laughs> and, who could and ask going out and about job, you know, really to, <laughs> yes. to love what you're doing. And um, your new book that's about to come out, Chicago Scavenger. Tell us about that. Sure. So that idea came about during the pandemic. Uh, I wrote it last year, so I know we're still in the pandemic, but I wrote it after at least a year inside my apartment. Mm -hmm. And my publisher and I talked about it as just a way to get people out and enjoying the city again. Um, All the sites that are in it are outdoors. So it's, you know, all very safe and um, social distancing and all that. But uh, yeah, just a way to to highlight different places in the city. Everyone's sick of being cooped up. Let's enjoy the city again and where we live. And so I wrote it last summer. And it really was a way for me to reconnect with Chicago, to okay. go out to different neighborhoods and be intentional, intentional about looking around and connecting with small businesses or public art or just opening my eyes to all of the things that I hadn't been able to enjoy for a year or so there. So it covers things that are not in secret Chicago. Well, there are a few that are in there. So if you've read Secret Chicago, it may help you out with a few clues, but Mm -hmm. it is a scavenger hunt. So I covered 17 neighborhoods and it's basically 17 neighborhood tours that I wrote and they all are presented as clues. So it's a bit of a challenge Mm -hmm. and they're all in rhyme, which I've never done before. So that was fun to write. And so I've got a, a piece of a photo of the place and a rhyming clue for you to decipher and that should lead you to these different places within all the 17 neighborhoods. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah, it's meant to be, you know, interactive. And the book itself will be spiral bound and there's lines in there for you okay, to write. So easy to down. handle and easy to turn the pages. Yeah. So it's really meant to be taken out and enjoyed and used, you know, keep it in your car and, you know, whenever you're 
get some time to kill, <laughs> pull over and find some spots or go out with your family, go out, challenge your friends and get get out and experience Chicago again. Yeah, I think that's a great way to get people out and moving, you know, out in the fresh air and just enjoying the city. And you in your in Secret Chicago, you covered so many different neighborhoods. I mean, Beverly, Bridgeport, Pilsen, uh, Logan Square, Lincoln Park. It, it's just amazing how many neighborhoods that you actually had to visit. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that because I, I did try to be very intentional about uh, covering a lot of ground in the city. And yeah, I did visit them all. I took all the photos in both books. So <laughs> I got out and about. Um, and in this book, in, in the scavenger hunt book, um, we chose 17 neighborhoods. And I, I try to think about creating the neighborhood tours to be mostly walkable if people would like to, to walk around. Uh, I did a lot of biking when I did it. So I was trying to pick places where there are because there are interesting things all over the city, but many things close together is what I was okay. going for. And that's how so I chose the neighborhood. Easy the access. Yes. Which would make it more fun. <laughs> I think um, so. I think part of the fun is, you, you know, other cities um, may not be as walkable. They may not have as, as good of public transportation. So I, right. I want to enjoy that about living in Chicago. So... 15 years ago, did you think you'd be doing this? Was this your intent to be a photographer, writer, you know, uh, focused on travel and cities? I, I think, yeah. It was. <laughs> if you had told me that I would, that I would have uh, made it happen, I, don't, I may have been surprised. But if you had asked me, I probably would have said uh, traveling and writing and sharing stories. I really that's like talking really to people to and, and making connections and sharing stories. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's wonderful to hear that that's, you know, your path was, uh, you felt you were able to follow your path. So that's a good thing. Oh, thank you. So that's, that's is very nice. what, what do you, I, so you've got two books out already. Do you, what would you like to do next? Well, that's a great question. Right now I'm focused on, uh, yeah, the, the secret or the Chicago scavenger book launch. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a book launch party at Shuba's on May 21st from one to 4 PM. So okay. uh, that is a place in Chicago scavenger. So now if you're following along to the book, you can find that clue. I've given you one. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm focused on the book launch right now, but I'm, I'm really hoping to hopefully this pandemic stuff is, uh, you know, fading out. I don't know who can, yeah. who can say, who knows, but, uh, you know, just get to again, connect with the city again. It's been winter. Just get out and, and have some book events and talk to readers, see if any of the clues that I wrote make sense to anyone else, engage with them and see if they're having fun with the book and maybe do some other traveling too. Yeah. I'm, I'm very anxious to see the new book and see if I can pick up any clues, you know, from, reading uh, Secret Chicago. I also noticed on Instagram that you, you like highlight events, like current events going on that you could attend in the city. I do like to. Um, I, I haven't been to a ton of events <laughs> in the last two years, but um, for example, I did just go to, there's a, there's a fun office, uh, the television show pop-up downtown right now. And uh, I, I attended that and I made a little video about it because that was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, if I go to a great 
art exhibit or something. I like to mention that as well as music. I've in normal times have done a lot of music writing, uh, music festivals and interviewing artists and things like that. So I like to highlight all of those kinds of things. Well, there was a, a candlelit outdoor concert that I noticed on Instagram. Was that something? Oh, um, I know what you're talking about, but that wasn't, I didn't attend that one. Okay. All right. Cause that looked very, that looked really cool actually. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see live music coming back online in Chicago. Uh, I've missed it a lot over the last few years. So yeah, it's definitely. nice to be able to attend those things again. So if, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? Have our listeners know about you, your work? I guess uh, when you pick up the book, let me know how all the new riddles sound, if they if they uh, make sense to you. Jeffrey Bear did take a look at it, which was very, very nice of him to do. I know he's very busy. And he told me that some of them were too hard. So I hope that... Oh, okay. <laughs> I hope that uh, not all the riddles are too hard. I wanted it to be challenging. You know, I've got lifelong oh, Chicagoans here who have to... Uh, I got to, you know, bring some new facts to the table, so... And you don't want to make it too easy. And do you think that by if someone read Secret Chicago first, they'll have a little bit of an edge? I think Chicago? they will have a little okay. bit of an edge. So I think, yes, you should read both books together and then you'll really unlock the secrets of the city. So if anyone would like to purchase your book, um, view your website, what is the best way to do that? Well, uh, you can... Both books are now available. Uh, Chicago Scavengers on pre-order and Secret Chicago is available. Uh, both are on Amazon. You can uh, order them at your local bookstore. Um, Chicago Secret Chicago is available at many local Chicago area bookstores. And uh, Chicago Scavenger will be soon. And you can check out the book websites at secretchicagobook.com or chicagoscavenger.com and order them from me. I can uh, autograph them for you. And take a look at uh, that website also to check out any upcoming events that I have. I'm hoping to have some book signings and also some neighborhood scavenger hunts this summer. So keep oh. an eye out. Well, I, I'm going to for sure. Um, Jessica, it was wonderful talking to you. Um, I love your book. I'm very anxious to read your next uh, to read um, Chicago Scavenger and to maybe go on one of those scavenger hunts. I'll let you know how it works out. And um, if you just can please keep us updated on any new things that you're doing, we'd really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for, for taking a look at the book and all your kind words and for having me on the show today, Liana. Thank you for being with us. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.